What the fuck is charcoal and rice gelato? Is that something that she's been posting about? No, no, there was separate gelatos. Gelati Ge- is the plural. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, Mark Italian to Stefano. <laughs> <laughs> Is it on? Look, I'm going to uh, shirt front, Mr. Putin. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. I will not. No, wait, it it is on? Uh, You bet you are. Uh, You bet I am. I don't like it. Oh, fair shake of the sauce bottle, mate. Well, may we say God save the Queen, because nothing will save the Governor-General. Hello and welcome to a second special edition of the Is It On podcast because there's just too much to talk about in politics at the moment. Alice Workman has moved on from the French countryside and is now somewhere in Italy. So this week we are once again corralling in Lane Sainty for a quick fast five and for everyone who has been drifting in and out of the latest political news, this special edition is 100% for you. So without further ado, Lane, hello, how are you? Hey, Mark. I'm really well. I'm so happy to be here usurping my good friend, Alice Workman, for a second week in a row. How are you? I've absolutely lost my will to live, but <laughs> that is not um, abnormal for the current political climate. Okay, number one on our special edition, Fast Five. It's about the new Home Office. So we have a mega super duper department that got announced this week with a huge promotion for Peter Dutton. Um, The man who was once voted the worst health minister for the last 35 years by the readers of Australian Doctor magazine. The man who accidentally sent a text message calling a female journalist a mad fucking witch to the actual journalist. The man who didn't see a boom mic above his head when he joked about Pacific Islands suffering the effects of rising sea levels due to climate change. That man, Peter Dutton, is the National Security Minister, as he was called this week. So Malcolm Turnbull created the Home Affairs Office this week, bringing together Border Force and Immigration, the Australian Federal Police, and the Spooks over at ASIO. And Peter Dutton will be in charge of all of it. The most important thing here, though, Lane, is that the ASIO and AFP didn't exactly call for it. Turnbull made what he has um, deemed in the past as, or really, it was something that Tony Abbott used to say all the time, a captain's call and charged ahead. The idea of the Super Home Office was first raised back in 2007 by then Prime Minister Kevin Rudd, and ultimately a review found it back then. It wouldn't actually be a good idea. So it has raised the eyebrows of a few people in the security establishment. Heck, it's good to know, though, Turnbull also used this uh, National Security Week. Basically, this week has been all about national security. To stand in front of what looked like a casting call for Call of Duty to announce the military would have new powers to get involved in terror situations. And um, I was scared the bejesus out of. I don't know about you, Lane. What's number two? (laughs) The photos were pretty confronting. It was wild. It was wild. They're wearing gas masks (laughs) on the nightly news. Like, come on, chill out, guys. Incredible scenes. What's number two? Number two. So if you've logged onto Twitter at any point in the past week, you might have seen... I haven't. I haven't done it. Liar. (laughs) You might have seen a lot of politicians posting citizenship documents online. Now, this is not normal behaviour. The reason they're doing this is because not one, but two Green senators have had to resign in the past week after discovering they're dual citizens. And if you're a dual citizen, you are banned by the Australian Constitution from holding public office. So this all started last Friday when Scott Ludlam got up to say that he had just discovered he's a dual citizen with New Zealand and immediately resigned from his position as a senator for Western Australia and also as the co-deputy leader of the Greens. And then on Monday, 
His other co-deputy leader, Larissa Waters, sent out a media alert saying she had a very important announcement to make. And, the, and this, was, this came uh, after she had recently tweeted about being born in Canada. So everyone saw this media alert and was like, oh my God, you're joking. <laughs> Two of them. But lo and behold, Larissa Waters got up to announce that she too had just discovered she's a dual citizen with Canada and Australia and she had to resign as well. So this was just wild news, just <laughs> simply wild. The Greens were left extremely red-faced. We had Turnbull and Shorten getting up to have a go at this colossal mistake. And we also had way too many people make the joke on Twitter about how losing one senator might be unfortunate, but losing two looks like carelessness. Uh, Oscar Wilde, yeah. bastardization. We get it, guys. You've, you've read it. <laughs> um, so Ludlam Waters... Ludlam and Waters have not been officially replaced yet, but the ABC's election guru, Anthony Green, says that in both cases it'll be a recount with the second Greens candidate for each ticket winning the seat. And so then we'll have to wait and see if these second candidates take the seats or if the Greens pre-select someone else. Anyway, this all kicked off the most bizarre trend in recent Australian political history, which was heaps of politicians, especially the ones born overseas, rushing to declare their citizenship online. It was like hashtag put out your renunciation certificates. We had the absolute scenes of Tony Abbott tweeting out proof of his renunciation, of his British citizenship, which has been the subject of a very long running conspiracy theory <laughs> and probably hundreds of FOI requests. And then we also had the finance minister, Matthias Cormann, tweet out his Australian citizenship documents in a bid to stop the conspiracy theorists. But if we know anything, Mark, we know there are a lot of citizenship conspiracy theorists yeah. out there. A lot of them in your mentions, right? Yeah, I can confirm that Twitter is incredibly broken at the moment. All right, well, moving right on. <laughs> uh, number three. Number three is all about encryption, Lane. It's about that iPhone of yours that I'm looking at right now, which has uh, WhatsApp and iMessage loaded up. Quick refresher, end-to-end -end encryption messaging basically allows you to send a message and the only people who can read it are you and the other person. That's because you have a special key on one side and the other person has their key on the other side that opens it. Apple and Facebook and other tech companies, um, the makers of apps like Telegram and Signal, um, not even they have the keys. So um, it is the ultimate insecurity. Well, the Prime Minister has decided um, and it brought to a head last Friday to announce that the government would be introducing new legislation that would compel tech companies to allow security agencies like the police to read encrypted messages. The tech companies have already said it can't happen. It just can't be done. Their rationale being that if they weaken the strength of their encryption technology, it'll affect everyone in the network, not just the bad guys, but the good guys as well, because encryption technology is used for things like online banking and online shopping. That didn't matter to Turnbull though, who at the press conference said this was about bringing tech companies in line with the Australian law. And that led to a tech journalist asking, wouldn't the laws of mathematics trump the laws of Australia? Insinuating that the companies couldn't break their own encryption without doing lasting damage. And Turnbull made the super strange statement that Australian law trumps the laws of mathematics. Lol. Absolute lol. Lane, what's number four? Well, moving on from that absolutely absurd comment, Mark, um, it ties in very nicely to another completely absurd debate, and that is Australia's ongoing argument, not about same-sex marriage itself, but about how we should decide on it. As you know, this is a somewhat of a personal passion of mine. No, I've never heard you <laughs> talk about the plebiscite so, before. As, as we all know, the government wants a plebiscite on same-sex marriage, but it can't get it through the Senate. So on Friday, the Queensland Liberal National Party, the LNP convention, passed a motion calling on the federal government to hold a non-compulsory postal vote on same-sex marriage. Now, that motion was put forward by federal LNP Senator Barry O'Sullivan, who I had a good long chat with this week. How and was he, he? He was great. Yeah. Nice guy. He was, yeah, he was very happy to jump on the phone with BuzzFeed. <laughs> 
Um, and he told me that he sees the postal plebiscite as the only sensible solution to same-sex marriage and the, the way to keep the, the government's plebiscite promise right now. So O'Sullivan also told me that he's going to push for this postal plebiscite by all avenue, avenues available. So, Mark, we could see that proposal hitting the party room soon. Isn't that exciting? It, it, yeah, it, exciting's well, a word. But you talked about this recently, right? So we now have Barry Sullivan with the postal plebiscite and then you've got someone like Dean Smith who's like, I want it to be a conscience vote. So we're trying, we're, we're getting to that stage where maybe one prevails or no, no prevails. Do you, do you think that which one's going to come out on top? They could both wind up in, in the party room at, a, at around the same time. Um, look, it's really hard to say which one would would come out on top. I, I think that the government is pretty is sticking a pretty hard line to its plebiscite policy. Um, but who can say, Mark? Who can um, say? <laughs> the, the other thing to note is is that um, a lot of same-sex marriage advocates are opposed to a plebiscite generally for, for many reasons, um, but they're doubly opposed to a postal plebiscite because they think it will disenfranchise young people who are less likely, for example, to have a fixed address or, let's be honest, to, to bother to fill out a form and post it back to the Electoral Commission. Um, and then Labor has also come out against the, the postal plebiscite idea. They just think that the, the government should hold a parliamentary vote on the issue, as they've been saying for a long time. So that's the latest update from this increasingly circular debate. And what is number five, Mark? <laughs> I love how much you love the marriage equality debate in this country. Number five and the last of the Fast Five for the second edition of the special edition podcasts. It's all about Julie Bishop roasting Donald Trump. In the last few weeks, the Sunday political program Insiders has been throwing up viral moments which have really whipped up the anti-Trump internet into a bit of a frenzy. Last Sunday, it was Foreign Affairs Minister Julie Bishop's turn. Bishop was asked about Donald Trump's comment towards the French First Lady, Brigitte Macron. On meeting the 64-year-old Mrs. Macron, Trump introduced himself and then gave this really weird sort of nod, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to President Macron and said, she's in such good physical shape, beautiful. It was so seedy and I'm sure if you've seen it, you will have a spine chilling experience watching it. Well, host Barry Cassidy of ABC's Insiders actually asked Julie Bishop if she would have felt either flattered or offended if she copped that treatment. Now, Bishop gave a bit of a head shake um, and a bit of, she was a bit bemused by the whole thing and then replied, I'd be taken aback, I think. I wonder if she could say the same for him. Lane, I'm pretty sure Julie Bishop is fat shaming uh, Donald Trump. What a time to be alive. It's absolutely wild. Well, how about that? <laughs> and this is the this is the second week that something on Insiders has, yeah. has gone viral. It's 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 really strange because and it just shows you at the moment, um, people on the internet are really rallying around anything about Donald Trump. It's mm-hmm. like a it's like being in the in the path of a fire extinguisher. It's crazy. But Lane, we probably shouldn't have taken a break or a season break because politics is completely absurd. Even the winter months in Australia, which I didn't actually thought, I thought we are going to have some quiet time, but we haven't. There's still a lot to talk about. So as soon as Alice Workman is back from holiday, we'll be back with a new season. And while we wait for her to get back from Europe, Mark, uh, do you think it's on? Well, uh, I've had to provide like 18 different answers to this question. I think uh, with Tony Abbott in Croatia, with uh, with Margie Abbott, I think that for this week we can safely say that it wasn't on. Go to buzzfeed.com slash is it on or subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcasting app and leave a rating and a review, please, please, please. But please, we want to hear from you. So tweet us. Um, I'm at Mark DeSteff and Lane Sainty is at Lane Sainty. Really easy to remember. And until next week, goodbye. Bye.